Hey everyone, welcome back once again to the Ministry Mailbag Podcast, a podcast brought to you by Trinity Lutheran Church of Owatonna, Minnesota, and we are your hosts, Chris Swanson and Kate Verlads. Hello, friends. Well, we are super excited once again for the show that we have for you today. We are going to continue to bring guests on. We thought that the Bugler brothers were fantastic first guests. And so we're going to have some some of our other favorite people, a couple of parents, come on and talk about their experience at Trinity with us. It should be a great show today. But first, let's start with the devotion. This is just a short excerpt from her new book. Jen Hatmaker has a book called Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire, The Guide to Being Glorious You. And I came across this on her Twitter Another Twitter user named Samantha Wasson. Samantha Wasson tweeted, are you kidding me right now at Jen Hatmaker? I'm going to start every new school year reading this paragraph to my high school students. Hashtag fierce free fire. So I'm just gonna read the picture of um, the page in Jen's book that Samantha quoted. So this is me reading Samantha's picture of Jen's book. Is that clear, everyone? Jen writes, I cannot imagine a brighter world than one in which every human is alive with energy, released into his or her greatest dreams, contributing, creating, inventing, and thriving. I suspect any problem yet unsolved on Earth is only because so many of its glorious humans are silenced by gender limitations, poverty, oppression, and white supremacy. Were every mind unleashed without obstruction, Can you imagine how the world would be flourishing? How many solutions, innovations, and developments would exist? We are operating at half capacity at best. By elevating a few at the expense of the rest, humanity is its own worst enemy, shooting itself in the foot. I love what she has to say about unleashing everyone's mind without obstruction. And I love that this person, Samantha, I'm guessing she's a teacher, wants to read it to her high school students at the beginning of every year. And this really jumped out to me um, scrolling through her timeline on Twitter because I think about the work that we do with young people. And I think about right now with the stay-at-home orders and everything that's going on with COVID-19, that this is really a time of constriction and obstruction. A lot of people, I think, are going a little crazy because they feel confined and limited. And this really speaks into that condition, but it also speaks beyond that into some of the things that um, our society is built on in, in a negative way. And rather than lamenting on that, Jen is really speaking into what if through the power of the Holy Spirit, we were all unleashed to do something uh, instead of be limited? Absolutely. Thinking into our Matthew text of let your light so shine before others so they can see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. That just like, that names it all there, right? We each have this light we've been given. And I think especially for you young people listening, like this is your time. Use your light. Yeah, that's our fantastic encouragement from Jen and Samantha uh, and from us. So with that, let's move on into this week's top three. Our top three this week is home slash outdoor projects. What have you been doing recently, Kate? I know you guys have been up to quite a lot over there at the Verlots household. Oh my gosh, too much. Okay, so when 
this whole quarantine stay at home order spring break started James and I were already planning to paint the downstairs living room on his spring break time away from the high school and so we got started early on it and ended up also painting the living room and the office it's been the weirdest off maroon and off gold gopher colors for the last seven years so the nice gray is just like fresh in my house number two for projects as we let me rephrase this i got the crazy notion that we should dig up our little planter brick and mud and stone and sand end caps in our backyard they like frame the backyard I just didn't like them anymore. So I said, let's take them out. And 200 bags of sand, rock, and dirt later for the first one, uh, we got that project done on one side of the yard. Now we're working on the other side of the yard for the other one. And wow. number three, yeah, it's so much, so much, Chris. Do you need any brick? <laughs> no, not anymore. Once I tell you about <laughs> my projects, too late. <laughs> Our third one is I've just been relentlessly like organizing the whole house and going through old clothes and just getting Aria's things organized and trying to keep clean, like millions load of laundry, this quarantine clean. So I don't know. How about you? How's your, how's your cleaning projects going? We decided on a whim about two weekends ago to rearrange our living room. Speaking of cleaning, we were making the kids clean up the living room with all their toys, which again, my kids are six and four, so their stuff lives everywhere in the house. And we realized that uh, a lot of it was living underneath the couches and oh hadn't boy. seen the light of day in months or years. So as we moved the couches out um, to sweep and vacuum and pick up all these toys and you know throw things away and whatever, we thought, what if we moved our furniture around? And we basically rotated our two couches and then our TV stand around the living room. Um, it's much more open. It was pretty open before, but we, we really like it. And now my wife is also um, ordering some family pictures to go on the wall. Meanwhile, this past weekend, we were outside. I dug up our fire pit, which was like some retaining wall blocks that were all uneven and cracked in half and looked terrible so and great for a fire and in low like only a few inches off the ground so i dug those up i bought some new retaining wall and a campfire ring and uh, installed that so no i don't need your block thanks anyway you should have called i'm just saying we've got so much of it <laughs> you're at least the third person i've talked to or seen online who is giving away retaining wall block since I since I completed this project on Sunday, but that's that's the world, you know. That's how it works. Right. And uh, lastly, I haven't done this yet, but I also bought outdoor stain, exterior stain is the technical term, I guess, because I'm going to paint our our stain. I'm going to see. There we go. I'm going to stain our playground set so it looks nicer when the kids are out there goofing around. That's a great project. I love it. Yeah, I think like everyone, just trying to find ways to stay busy and, you know, do the things that we always have said, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did that? I think most people are doing things like that. In fact, when I tried to order things from Fleet Farm on Friday, our order wasn't fulfilled until Sunday, just because, you know, everyone is doing stuff and 
wow. doing the best they can. So that brings us into our exciting main time together. We are going to welcome a couple of incredible parents, volunteers, uh, humans, Anissa and Josh Williams. Welcome. Hi, my name is Anissa Williams. I am a kindergarten teacher and wife to Josh and mom to Kinsey, Braden, and Leighton Williams. Hi, uh, I'm Josh Williams. I teach uh, elementary five over at Wilson Elementary, um, grades K through five. Um, obviously, I have three kids, Kinsey, Braden, Leighton at different ages. Kinsey's a, a, a sophomore in college, well, freshman in college, uh, finish, finishing up her first year. Braden's a sophomore, Leighton is an eighth grader, and uh, also coach boys basketball here in town, and uh, been a member of Trinity for a long time now. Great, we're so glad to have you guys as our parent guests this week on our podcast. The first thing that we would love to talk with you about is how distance learning has been for your family. So love if you both could speak into distance learning as teachers uh, in our school district, but also as parents as well. So distance learning, um, when it first started up on the 30th, it was very much a challenge. I remember when we found out that we were put into going to be moving towards distance learning and we had the three days to kind of put everything together. I am thoroughly impressed how our district came up with a plan in talking with other districts, how their plans have been. So I'm thoroughly impressed how well everybody worked together and collaborated. But on that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Josh and I, we came home exhausted. And our youngest, Leighton, he looked at us and said, is everything okay? Are you okay? And we're like, yeah, we're just overloaded. We, we learned so much in those three days and learning different tips and tricks with technology and just really trying to be there to support our kiddos at home and our kiddos at school not just academically, but socially, mentally, emotionally. So it's, it's been quite a ride. Um, I would say that it really didn't start to smooth out without bumps and changes until week five. I, I remember saying many times to Josh, oh my gosh, if I get one more change, <laughs> I'm gonna throw this computer. It took, it took a while, um, and obviously we've had some challenges for our family. Um, the first day of distance learning, we um, found out that my father passed away in the middle of the night peacefully. So we're glad that he is with his eternal father, but obviously that really tested our faith and tested our, our grit um, during this time. Well, I can speak from, from both a parent and, and a teacher side of things. You know, for our kids, Kinsey's in college, she kind of does her own thing now, and, and she had a couple online classes as it was. So that was, you know, a non issue for her. For, for Braden and Leighton, um, I, I think for the older kids, obviously it's a little bit easier. They can take care of doing all they need to do uh, on their own uh, to an extent with obviously monitoring us from, with monitoring by us as parents, uh, making sure they get their assignments turned in, which for a couple of them has been an issue, but it's, it's been more of, like I said, just staying on top of them, make sure they're getting things done where I've got a younger brother that teaches up in Chaska and they've got like, like you guys, uh, young kids and you know that are they're doing their school work and helping them with their work especially if that, that elementary age that's kind of encompassing engulfing their day and so most of their day is 
you know, trying to make sure their kids at the younger age are getting their different assignments in, turned in, doing the reading, doing all that kind of stuff. So it's, I, I think the age of the kids really come into play in terms of the older they are, the more they can do on their own. Uh, and that's just a matter of, as us of, of parents falling through them, getting their stuff turned in, which, like I said, for, uh, for one of our sons uh, in particular, uh, has been struggling getting his stuff turned in on a consistent basis. But he's doing a much better job now uh, of getting things turned in and making sure he's staying on top of his assignments. Uh, and then from a teacher side of things, like Anissa said, it's just being a FIA teacher, it's, <laughs> it's hard staring at a computer screen for most of the day when I'm used to getting out and, and being active and getting kids active. So that's been a challenge. I, I would uh, agree with Anissa that it's, uh, the situation has helped make me a lot more computer savvy, tech savvy of doing things that I, I hadn't ever really considered doing before. That's been pretty cool to be able to now know how to do uh, to implement uh, into a FIED virtual classroom to still provide opportunities for our kids to be uh, active uh, outside of the school setting and, and doing things on their own at their house or apartment uh, outside in the yard, whatever it may be. So it's been a challenge both ways, uh, but it's, you know, I've, I, I would say it's helped me grow as a professional. From a, like I said, kid standpoint, it's um, taught them, I guess, to be more responsible in how to take control of their own learning as well. There are a lot of things that you guys shared that I, I loved. You're right. You guys, of course, and across our district, teachers have had to learn so, so many more tools. You know, you already have the biggest toolbox, I think, in the community, and you had to learn more and quickly. So way to go. And Anissa, you touched on dealing with grief and loss during this time is something that people weren't prepared for. And so that's really hard. And I think that's one of the ways, too, that the church in a strange new way, we hope shows up for people as they grieve because it's it's different and it's harder. I mean, I faith, I if I wouldn't have my faith during this time, I don't really know. I mean, because it has been a very unique closure time. Um, we still haven't had the celebration of life service for my dad. We had to um my, my brothers and I met my mom at the funeral home and were able to have closure. And that was important for me because at first my mom was telling us that we weren't going to be able to come because of our essential positions and just because of COVID-19. And we, we came, we respected distance, and then the spouses and the grandkids, I never thought that they'd have to say goodbye to their grandfather or their father-in-law via Zoom. But we did the best we could. And when I left that day, I was at such peace. And I think I was at that peace because of my faith and just knowing how, how faithful my, what a faithful servant my dad was. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was. And people keep saying, are, are you, I ran into Pastor Amanda on a walk and I've talked with Pastor Todd and I've talked with Deacon Chris and they, they say, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I think that thread for me is that faith just knowing he's with his eternal father. Well said. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing that and touching on how the ages of young people are affected by this. And of course, you know, I think about this working with confirmation age youth of like, when we first started moving things online, it was really exciting for the church because, you know, the church is behind what schools and things are doing. And so it was finally like, hey, we're doing it too, this kind of excitement. And then after spring break here and, and distance learning started, then everything was online. And now it sort of feels like, I don't want to give our confirmation kids one more requirement on a screen. We hope it's a space that, like you're saying, we hope that faith can be nurtured and shared and relationships can continue to grow. 
but if the screen is causing one more obstacle for, for folks, then doing confirmation for 30 minutes a week online is maybe not the best time right now. I don't know. Lots of things to ponder during this time for sure. Ennis and Josh, you both kind of touched on this a little bit with faith and I would love for you to talk with our listeners about the ways you've been involved in ministry at Trinity over the years. You guys have been members for a while. So love to hear from uh, different things you've been involved with. Start. Sure. You, me. Um, early on. Uh, early on, I've always been involved. I, I love to do things outside of school. So my Trinity community is important for me to be involved. So early on, I was involved with when my kids were in nursery, when our kids were in nursery school, I was involved on the Trinity nursery school board. It's always been, I've always been involved with activities at Trinity that have been involved with kids, but not teaching kids. Monday through Friday is kind of when I've been teaching kids. And I, I stated that very early on when we became members at Trinity that I just, I, I didn't want to do Sunday school or I didn't want to do VBS, but we've been involved in the church nursery. I've sat on um, family commission when we had family commission. I sat on youth ministry. And then Josh and I really kind of tag team. We kind of took a stance that I would be the one that would go on the retreats with the kids as they went up through their confirmation age. And then Josh, he is more of the adventure and he has been kind of doing the summer summer trips, summer adventure trips, mission trips with the kids. So it's been important for me to be involved. Obviously I, I grew up with faith, but I, up until probably when we were taking new member classes at Trinity, I remember with Pastor Lestock and we had to go around and do introductions. And this was a, a huge turning point in my faith where we, he said, so tell us a little bit. And I said, oh, I'm a PK. And he said, but what about you? And it really resonated with me that I was like, yeah, that's my dad. Um, that's not me. And so what's me? And so I've really been enjoying the evolving what I've been doing with involvement with my kids and getting to know their peers and getting to know Chris and Kate through our trips has been amazing and going on these retreats and just seeing kids at a different level and seeing how your kids um, interact with peers. And then obviously helping to make decisions to move our church forward has been important. So that's why I've served on those committees, commissions, vision teams, it's kind of evolved over the time and also, you know, also served um, as a leader or a chair in those. So I, I feel like I can share my gifts and talents, but it's just in a different capacity than during my Monday through Friday. Well, yeah, she covered it. Um, <laughs> our development uh, has been a different path in terms of like my faith and then commitment to not just my faith, but Trinity as well. So you know, when we first married, or got married and, and moved to Latana, she grew up a pastor's kid. I grew up, I went to church when I was in seventh and eighth grade, got confirmed. And prior to that, and after that, church was never part of my life. And so I'll be honest, you know, attending church on a regular basis and just growing in my faith was a uh, challenging point for us um, in our early parts of our marriage. And, and you really got to the point where she said, okay, I'm done asking you to go to church. Uh, you need to decide when you want to do that on your own because I'm done asking you. Uh, nice. As you can see. So, boy, I don't know what year that would have been, but it was probably a year or two after. And I would say, actually, once our daughter Kinsey uh, was born, it was probably that spring or summer where it was one of those where 
uh, I just felt compelled to not just want to go to church, but to grow my faith. And so it was really at that point that I really started wanting to make Trinity, but uh, just growing in my faith and understanding of how to grow my faith, uh, a priority at that point. And so I would say she's been involved a lot of, as she said, a lot of different committees and, and things like that through church. My draw, I guess, if you want to call it that, yes, I've been much more inclined to, I've, I love working with kids. I love being outside, uh, which is why I teach FIED, which is why we teach in general as an educator, but doing the longer trips, whether it's been Boundary Waters trips, the Pine Ridge uh, Indian Reservation, it's been a family mission trip out to Pine Ridge, it's been uh, the Colorado trips. And so that's kind of where my calling, I guess, if you want it to be, I just, I love being able to grow my relationship with young, young kids, young people, whether it's junior high age, high school age. And so I've really felt that's kind of where I've been drawn to in the development of my faith. Um, and I've done a few things. I, I helped Anessa uh, occasionally in the nursery and I've done other things on, on Sundays and, and help out in various ways. So uh, she's done a lot more of, of that kind of stuff. And I've been maybe behind the scenes a little bit more, if you want to call it that. Well, I love that framing of, of thinking about who are you. And I think you guys as a family do such a nice job with that with your own kids because your three kids are really these three unique individuals and you all happen to be in the same family. And you know, you don't always see families parent differently to their different kids. And that's really a gift for you guys to do that as well as show them, well, this is the work that I do and I love to do at school. And then this is the service or the volunteering that I love to do at my church. And sometimes they overlap and then sometimes they're just different parts of who I am. So I think that's a really cool example that you're showing your kids. It's been an interesting balance that way, but I would say that we've, uh, <laughs> you said it when you, as parents having to parent differently to your different kids and <laughs> there's no question. And I think that can be probably said for every family and every parent and every kid that it's just like teaching or coaching you got to coach kids, you got to teach kids in different ways and understanding what motivates them, what encourages them. And so uh, that's just, I think, part of our role is not just parents, but as teachers and, and as a coach too. So and I know, Chris, you said in the beginning part with our teaching, with our toolbox, I mean, obviously we have a teacher toolbox and we have a parent toolbox. And there are times that sometimes Josh and I, with parenting our different kiddos, our toolbox has sometimes been empty and and sometimes we've had to rely on asking others to help and that's the important part of our faith and our community and our village um, to be able to know when to ask for help that's a great point and i think you know as so many people are realizing with quarantine and things that we really are in this together and we need to rely on each other for those moments where we're frustrated we just like i don't know what to do but Maybe my friends or someone at my faith community does. You're right. Well, we love having your kids involved. We love having you guys involved. So please continue to, to do those amazing things. We love doing it too. That's why we keep doing it. <laughs> Sometimes it's us trying to get our kids to do it. It's like, come on, let's go. What are, what are you hesitating for? And I know I don't have to have kids involved to, to be involved myself. As I share with you a number of times, sometimes it's that, prodding uh, as a parent to get the kids more involved that's important too. Uh, yeah, definitely. So thinking about staying at home and quarantine, what are the things that you guys are doing? What's helping you get through this time? What's helping, you know, bring you balance throughout everything that's going on? Well, I'll start. I mean, 
some of the things that um, right or wrong that I found more time for is prayer is one. Um, working out, honestly, on a more consistent basis just for my own physical help is another. Probably those two things. Going back to like the trips I've been on with you guys and some of the things that I've shared of how I enjoy so much the ability to, you know, check out from the normal rat race of everyday life and to be able to re-engage in my faith and my own prayer and the relationship with other kids. Life has definitely slowed down significantly compared to obviously <laughs> really, you know, other than these last month and a half, the previous 40 some years that I've been alive, it just, it's slowed down. It's allowed me to have more time for prayer. And now I don't think that's right. I still think making time for consistent prayer is important, but that's been a big part of, you know, right now getting through this and whether I'm doing that at night or in the morning on a bike ride or whatever it might be, it's just finding that, that time to, to pray. Um, the other thing I'd, like I said, I've was helped me out too, just from my own physical standpoint is uh, again, going back to the time thing, not taking the time of the normal rat race of everyday life to work out probably the way I should to maintain my physical well-being. time now has been a lot more available. And so those are two things that have, uh, I guess, during this, you know, last two months that we've been in this uh, current situation that has helped me through my spiritual growth, obviously being the prayer part, and then just staying physically active as well to help. You know, I guess I, I should practice what I preach. Uh, a healthy body is a healthy mind. And I tell that to our kids all the time. And no doubt exercising on a regular basis helps. Those are two big ones that have helped me, I guess, these last couple months. Years ago, I started a daily gratitude slash devotional time in the morning. It's a time, it's kind of my sacred time when I get up in the morning. And if anybody else gets up, I get kind of grumpy with them <laughs> because it's kind, of, it's kind of my time. And so I really um, self-reflect five things that I'm grateful for every day and then 10 kind of things that I dream or I hope for. For that day and it really sets the tone of my day and the pace of my day if i decide to hit the snooze button then my day is a different kind of day so it's very important that i do that and then i have a little devotion time a little prayer time and then i start into my day exercising has been important um, obviously not only for the physical part for me but for the mental and emotional part for me during this grieving time of losing my dad and right or wrong, I've been running with some different people, but that's important for me because that's part of my healing process um, and running is such an outlet for me. And the one thing that um, has been very important uh, or I've really, I mean, we always see that there's hidden blessings. And I think the quarantine, there has been a lot of hidden blessings as we mm -hmm. move to the other side, hopefully soon, but just the ability to slow down to simplify life, to really realize what are your big rocks and what's important. Being able to sit around and eat supper as a family, the five of us, has been huge. Uh, we've been doing highs and lows, scripture time, which sometimes in the rat race, when you're going from activity to activity, that kind of gets missed. And it's, family eating time has always been important to us that we really try to all sit down at the same time, but that's been great. And then we've enjoyed um, playing games, we played last night, you know, supper got done and it was like, Leighton, let's, let's play cards. He's like, really? Okay. We've done family bike rides and just being out and just being more reflective, I think has been important. Those are love, wonderful things. Yeah. I love that. Kate and I have touched on this in other 
um, episodes of, of the podcast, the connections between all of that, like you're saying, between your spiritual self and your emotional side and your physical side and all of those pieces of our health and, and wholeness work together. And so you're right that one of the blessings is that we all do get a little more time to work on our wellness. And I love too that just hearing those stories of families being together, you're right, that hopefully that's one of those blessings that carries through. Absolutely. Well, we do have one more question for you guys. It's our weekly would you rather question. So Josh and Anissa, would you rather only drink coffee for the rest of your life or only drink pop for the rest of your life? I'll go coffee. Well, Kate and Chris, you know that I am a health nut. (laughs) Um, So both of those, I I would drink tea the rest of my life. Anissa, that's not how the game works. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kate, you're putting me in a rough spot. I cannot do either. (laughs) She just quits. She's out. She was having a great time until we asked her this question. (laughs) Chris, what for you? Would you rather do coffee or pop? I have basically given up pop in my life. So I would drink coffee. However, you, Kate, know that I do have a sensitivity to caffeine. And if it's afternoon, like 12.01, and I drink coffee, it's a big problem for me being able to go to sleep. I like drinking coffee, but I'm going to have to suffer the consequences, I guess, and just be awake the rest of my life. Awake the rest of your whole life because you start twitching sometimes in meetings (laughs) after 12. (laughs) I'm also going to go with coffee because I've almost never drink pop anymore. So coffee, coffee for life over here. (laughs) Grateful I don't have twitching problems though after (laughs) 12.01. Thank you guys so very much for jumping on here with us. This has been a lot of fun and we hope that other people feel the connection and gain some insights from the great things that you had to share. It was really great to have you. Thank you guys so, so much. Thanks for having us.